All right, uh, welcome to the first ICON governance meeting. Uh, today in attendance, we have Corey from Ubic, James from Iconation, Edward from POS Bakers, uh, Tomas from Blockmove, Bodan from Everstake, uh, Icon Boom. You don't have your name, but you, but Icon Boom is here. Uh, we have William from Rhizome, and we have Bitburger from Catalyst, and Parrot9 is also present. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about five main topics, and then we also have four subtopics that we will get to if there is time. Uh, so how this is going to work is uh, after each topic that I announce, I'm going to cycle through everyone and ask if you have anything to say about it. And then we will go through the list of meeting topics like that. Uh, so the first topic, uh, these were all submitted from Bitburger, so thank you, uh, is to have a top request from the community is a list of contributions of the PREP teams uh, to be on the voting screen. Uh, so basically, this is saying if people are on the voting screen, there should be information about the teams there so they know uh, who they're voting for. Uh, so let's start with Corey. Hello, everybody. How are you today? I hope everything's going well for all of you. And I think it's crucial that we do have a sense of a list of bullet points, per se, of contributions, because I think in regards to the icon community, I think one of the focal components is transparency and clarity of what we've been working on and what our voters, um, voters <clears throat> see what we've been doing. So I think it's crucial that we do have some type of bulleted list of each of the contributions that we've conceived of in the ICON ecosystem so that Iconists have a better trajectory uh, and idea on who they should vote for um, and who they think they shouldn't. So thank you for your, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for letting me speak. Okay. Uh, let's move on to James. Hey guys, uh, I agree with that too. Um, just wanted to add that I, do know, I can't really talk about it too much because I talked to somebody and they said don't share too much information about it, but I do know that Icon's working on a way to have contributions sort of organized together in a, a nice convenient place. I don't know if they're intending and adding it into the voting process, but I do know we're kind of on that track anyway, officially uh, for Icon as well. Okay, interesting. Uh, Edward? Uh, yeah, so I think from... Um my hand and on behalf of uh, Post Baker's team, I can say that uh, we support this uh, proposal at 100%. A uh, bit like uh, how voters uh, were able to see uh, the details of each peer proposal during the initial uh, voting period. Uh, I think it's fair uh, and transparent to uh, have the possibility for uh, voters to see uh, what the peers have actually been uh, doing. Uh, well, Adding this link is going to bring uh, more uh, data and uh, transparency to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also good for uh, like a lot of uh, PREP uh, teams that have been focused on uh, project building. And uh, for some of them, they haven't yet uh, built the killer DAP, but yeah. uh, they're good project builders. And uh, I think uh, these project building building teams uh, should uh, get more votes. So from on behalf of Postbakers, I can say we support 100% uh, this proposal. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Blockmove. Uh, hi. 
I think this is an interesting idea, um, but it depends a lot on how it actually looks like um, right. in the in the wallet or where it's shown. Um, you know, if it's like there is 100 PRFs right now, uh, probably going to be more of them in the future. Um, so I'm not sure if there is a list of achievements like next to each PRF or something in that in that sense. People are actually going to scroll down. Um, and uh, the other thing is that development of Iconex is um, exclusively in hands of the Icon Foundation right now. Um, so anything that we make up, they have to implement. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. overall, I think it's it's an interesting idea, um, yeah. but I would like to see uh, something more specific or right. you know, some image, cool. how, how, how people think it should look like. Yeah, Thank I think you. so. Uh, let's move on to Everstake. Hi, guys. Hello. And Everything is good because uh, it's a really nice idea. Uh, all of us know that uh, all voters uh, vote only for main perhaps and only yeah. small amount of uh, people just look at sub perhaps and vote for them. So it can it may help uh, to voters to understand that these guys from sub perhaps uh, contribute uh, contribute more and uh, they uh, need voters. Uh, uh, need more votes, so it's really uh, important. And uh, but we have to look at uh, some problem like UX uh, because uh, it can be like a monster pile of uh, monster pile of uh, like uh, project or development tools or something like that, and it can be a little bit confusing when people look at all this uh, list. Maybe we have to compare or divide all this problems not problem all these products in some different spheres like application uh, analytics or something like that but income in in general we agree it's a good idea makes sense yeah thank you for uh your comments uh let's move on to icon boom hello um hopefully my micro is working yep all good yeah good okay um yeah i, I think it's a great idea um, the only thing I would add, I think on the wallet screen, if it had something to direct people in the sense that I think most people think if they vote for the foundation, then therefore it's a less risky vote. They don't really understand that potentially they can vote sort of further down without risking um, and maybe actually encouraging them to say, look, guys, the reason you're voting, you know, very clear there is because this is going to contribute towards the network and therefore encouraging people to actually do a bit of research and letting them know that, you know, wh whoever they vote for is important. And equally, they don't have to vote for the top three in order to, you know, get their rewards, basically. Right. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Rizal. Thanks. Uh, in general, I don't see a ton of requests from the community to have this. Um, a few times I've seen Iconist say it's difficult to go through and monitor a PREP team's contributions. Uh, but even if their contributions were on a voting screen, it would probably be difficult for them to go through all the PREP teams and 
the average voter uh, likely would not even bother with that. Um, I'm not sure if that would fix the problem. <clears throat> However, you know, maybe in addition to all the social links, you know, Twitter, website, GitHub, uh, that's on the tracker for each team, there could be a link to like a text document uh, with their contributions thus far. Uh, I think that would be useful, but in general, I don't feel the aforementioned method will help remedy vote distribution. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Catalyst. Sorry about that, having issues with mute. Um, okay, you guys already know how I feel about this issue. I just, uh, I think the difficult thing, as everyone has pointed out, is the sheer amount of information that needs to be conveyed. And I think that, that how it can be conveyed is really gonna be the difficult part, but I do think not conveying any information at all is obviously not a great approach. I do think the voting screen is probably a good place for it. I don't know how it's going to look. It's interesting because you can actually just put a single helpful sentence onto a page like that that just simply says, you know, however it's worded, but basically communicates you don't need to vote for the top five to be safe. You don't need to, you know, there's things you can add as helper text. Yeah. Um, specifically, there's, there's just things you can do. And I think what we're doing now is absolutely nothing. So, and I, I do... I love the way it's set up now where you can find the Twitters and all that stuff, but I really feel that's just, I mean, one of the things you learn running websites is people don't click very deep. They'll do, you know, one to three clicks and then they stop. So I do wonder how many people are even looking at all that information. And so it's really, the hard part is how we're going to communicate this to people. Um, and I think my personal opinion is that not doing it all is obviously not a good approach. So anything that we can do on the voting screen, hopefully on the voting screen with their permission, um, with the foundation's blessing will be at least some sort of an improvement. Again, you can chip away at things. It doesn't have to solve, you know, the vote distribution problem, but this would be an improvement, hopefully an improvement. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your comments. Uh, let's move on to Parrot9. Hey, can you guys hear us? Yep, perfect. Great. Um, yeah, we think it's actually essential. Um, we know the majority of people aren't going to go searching for this information. Some will, but the majority won't. So the closer we can have this information to the voting interface, the better. Um, and saying that, Mark from Reliant Node yesterday said, uh, had quite a good uh, point, that a contribution is hard to quote. Uh, um, yeah. So it needs to be a relatively open template that, the, that can hold the majority of contributions. Also in saying that um, with our wallet redesign, which does have uh, an example of how these contributions could look on a, you know, for a voting interface, um, the Icon Foundation has, uh, has, we've talked to them about it and they're interested in seeing the final product. So mm -hmm. if we can collaborate all these ideas and put it into this interface, it might be quite a lot easier for them to implement as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, we definitely think it's essential. Okay, yeah, so just to summarize this topic, uh, everyone agrees that something has to be done. Uh, I'll make a post on the forum that puts together the suggestions that have been put forth. So basically something has to be done. Uh, one of the suggestions is to split up the P-reps into different sectors and uh, 
voters can use that to, you know, guide them in their voting. Because right now, when you look at the wallet, it's just a list. There's no context. Uh, so I'll put that in, and uh, we can kickstart the Parrot 9 discussion again, and perhaps uh, we can all pitch in some support for that so it goes through, hopefully, faster. Okay. So uh, for the next topic, number two is inactive nodes collecting rewards. Uh, so quickly, the pros of this, uh, of course, is for the inactive nodes. Um, you know, they get to collect the rewards. And also there's an argument to be made that since they're all actually running nodes, it's more endpoints to pass uh, requests to PREPs, even though having so many sub PREP nodes at the moment doesn't actually help decentralize the, the network that much from um, block production perspective. Uh, and the cons of doing this um, is that, you know, these rewards are being funneled into teams that feel like they have to be technically proficient because the, uh, the real thing is that many teams do not know how to set up nodes and many teams are going through Oak node, uh, which kind of centralizes that process a bit anyway. Uh, so let's talk about uh, whether uh, inactive nodes uh, should be collecting rewards and whether running a sub PREP node in the first place should be a requirement to be a PREP. Uh, let's start with Corey again. Sure, thank you so much. And on behalf of you, Big Capital, our response is PREP should comply by requirements to receive rewards. Running a node is a requirement for a PREP, so this should be enforced to receive rewards. A greater question is it is necessary to have 78 backup nodes, or should there be less stringent requirements for running nodes as sub PREPs who want to contribute but don't want to run a node, since citizen nodes don't help the network much at this time? So, yes, that's our response. Okay, uh, let's move on to James. Yeah, similar story here. I almost want to hear if anybody else here uh, that was at the meeting yesterday heard me talk about um, C-reps. So uh, maybe I could just take a step back for a second if somebody was at the meeting yesterday could mention anything about that. Was it uh, any comments about C-reps? Yeah, I was not at the meeting yesterday, so. Uh, William, you were at the meeting yesterday. Did you hear any talk about implementation of CREPs and that kind of stuff? Uh, no, men really didn't touch on that. Okay, cool, yeah. I'm not really sure of the vision and where they're going with that. I know it's changed a lot over the last couple of years, so it might be kind of confusing to bring that up right now, but uh, it's been brought up as many different options and different things that they could be. Uh, I'd like to think that everybody is running a nodes. Like, I feel like that should be the requirement. Yeah, that's basically where we stand on it too, yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to POS Bakers. Uh, thank you. Um, so yeah, basically we think also that uh, you know, sub-PREPs uh, should be running a node uh, because if uh, main PREPs uh, are down, it's actually uh, sub-PREPs uh, taking on the job and uh, their main job uh, should be to, to run a node. Uh, our team in the past, we've uh, analyzed uh, decentralization and um, also uh, like rewards of uh, PREPs and uh, sub-PREPs. And uh, we've noticed that uh, a lot of uh, sub-PREPs are down. And uh, initially we thought that 
you know, they might be down because of the rewards incentives that were uh, insufficient. But we see that uh, even at uh, current price levels, we still have too many uh, sub PRFs being down. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'd love to to have a tool uh, for everybody to monitor uh, where they could see, you know, the old time uptime of uh, all sub PRFs in an easy manner. Uh, the same way today, you can see the block production uh, statistics of uh, main PRFs. Um, in other protocols where we uh, operate ourselves, uh, there are uh, slashing mechanisms uh, against this kind of behavior. Um, some protocols, they have like a two hours window. Uh, some others, it's a 48 hours window. So I don't know what should be the window allowed uh, for uh, sub PRFs in the Icon ecosystem. That's probably where uh, a lot of debate should happen. Okay. But uh, definitely, uh, we, we're in favor of uh, disqualifying them or having some kind of slashing mechanism. And uh, we also agree that uh, you know if sub-PRFs can't run a node or are not running a node, they should not even uh, earn uh, rewards at the first place. OK, cool. Uh, let's move on to block move. Uh, all right, so I briefly checked uh, what's the current status of the nodes? Uh, I think everyone should be running one, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't seem to be a huge problem right now. Uh, there are around 15 nodes that are off, according to the tracker, uh, from which 11 are from ranks 90, uh, 89 to 100. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the uh, amount of ICX needed to replace uh, 89th is around 16,000. Um, so I think the practical solution is to onboard more nodes that will be active and will replace these. Uh, it will be probably faster than taking governance actions. Yeah, that's all. Okay, uh, let's move on to Everstake. Uh, so we agree everyone has to run a node and sometimes even maybe we have to main perhaps have to run a sub nodes like I mean uh, backup node because in never we run two nodes one for test and one for like block production and we have a lot of experience with the same problem in a system like in blockchain tests where we have a uh, three backup because uh, sometimes we have not we and in general people have problem with servers and we all this we have to cover all this uh, problems and issue and maybe some of us some of you know that now we're working on with one project uh, I can vote monitor and one of main options that uh, this we have a script that have to check all perhaps and look at not productivity, look at how the guys uh, produce block, how much they miss, and we like create a table. And this, in this table, you can find all this information. So it's very important. And we agree with this as well. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for your comments. Uh, let's move on to Icon Boom. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I sort of agree with all of above that um, yeah, we think that everyone should have to really run a node. I mean, most of our skills sort of fall outside of the technical world, like we're mostly in sort of the business side of things. But at the same time, we sort of see that as a, a minimum requirement to sort of uh, you know, support the network. Okay, cool. Uh, Rise on. Thanks. Uh, we actually don't feel it should be necessary for a sub P rep to operate a node. Uh, just because it actually does not help decentralize the ICON network. Uh, for starters, uh, uh, sub-PREP nodes don't participate in consensus and they don't produce blocks. Uh, they're essentially nodes that are used for requests from dApps to the PREP nodes. And right now, there's not that much use um, within the network. Uh, so we feel having so many... Uh, nodes is actually taking value away from what the teams can actually be doing. Uh, this is also further e uh, evident by the fact that many sub P reps aren't really technically proficient. Uh, so they end up wasting time on spinning up nodes and going off what uh, Brian said earlier, uh, many sub P rep nodes are actually operated by Oak node, uh, which is a single centralized entity. Uh, which doesn't really help decentralization uh, at all, in our opinion. We feel it wastes time, money, and does not help decentralize the ICON network. Perhaps uh, instead of using the term inactive node, uh, maybe that should be replaced with inactive team. But doing that kind of circles back to what exactly quantifies uh, as contribution. Okay, thank you. Uh, let's move on to Catalyst. Uh, my initial uh, opinion is that everybody should run a node. However, listening to William, and I actually love this about the ICON project, it has been put together by some very intelligent individuals and have actually learned a lot. So if there are perspectives and intentions um, from the foundation related to this, I would be welcome. I'd be welcome to listen to that and, and you know, keep my mind open to it. I, like everybody else, immediately default to assuming that everybody's basic contribution is to run a node. So, of course, everyone needs to run a node. Um, if there's more to that to consider, then I would be open to listening. Um, my main question is, I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, it's as soon as you send in your 2000 ICX to register the node that you start generating rewards. And you don't even have to be online. And I was working with Rob from Insight, and he was actually shocked about that because he said, you're already getting rewards and we haven't even gotten you up yet. And it had been three days. So there's a little bit of, an, uh, I don't know, I want to call it intuitiveness. I'm forgetting the right word, but you get the idea where it's kind of surprising. <clears throat> but the people that have written the system probably had some thoughts about this. So I would, I'd be interested in hearing what they have to say as well. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Parrot 9. Yeah, um, William, that was actually a very good point. Um, I hadn't considered that, but uh, we, we don't have really strong feelings one way or the other, but in saying that, it doesn't surprise us that a lot of these bottom P-Reps aren't running a node. Um, it does cost money to run these nodes, and these guys aren't earning that much. And because no one is voting for the bottom P-Reps, they aren't really incentivized to be up 100% of the time. Um, I would be more, I'd be curious to see if they uh, would be up more if they were earning more, but we have no hard solutions to how to solve this. Okay, 
so to summarize uh, the discussions from this topic, uh, many teams do think that it should be a complete hard requirement to run a node. Uh, while uh, some teams like Tomas from Blockmove, you've taken an actual look at the numbers and have suggested just onboarding more nodes could also be a solution. Um, and, you know, I think this comes down to a discussion between what is the reality of the network at this moment versus what should uh, a P rep, I guess, philosophically be like they're, they're supposed to do. Like, um, should we run a node even though it means, you know, it doesn't actually help decentralize the network at this stage, but it might help in the future? Uh, or uh, do we say it's okay to not run a node at the moment uh, and have teams focus on what they're good at? Because clearly there are some teams that they're not technically sound enough to run a node. And if those teams actually should just not be a team at all, and they should just uh, focus on submitting like a proposal or something with the, um, I think they announced yesterday that DBPs and EEPs would be uh, combined into one contribution proposal thing. Uh, so perhaps that could be an option. Uh, so I will also make a discussion topic for this because uh, we have quite a few very different opinions on this at the moment. So if you guys could all pitch in on that discussion when it is uh, live on the forum, would appreciate it. Okay, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, it is dynamic node registration fee. So since the beginning of the network, then the fee to initialize the PREP team is 2000 ICX. So that is currently pegged to an asset that changes in value every single day. So we are thinking about uh, proposing a dynamic node registration fee that's pegged to USD or something instead. So, you know, let's say when ICX reaches $10, <laughs> it won't cost 20 grand to spin up a node or um, to form a team. So uh, let's start with Corey. Sure. Thank you so much. So um, on behalf of Ubic Capital, we believe that the dynamic node registration fee makes perfect sense, but we, we believe that we should try to perhaps tie it to IREP because IREP in a sense kind of fluctuates with price. So we, we were thinking about that paradigm shift in regards to dynamic node registration fees. Can you clarify how uh, it would play with IREP? So how that would factor in? So according to what I was discussing with, with Russell was that it would, I guess you could describe it as it would fluctuate with a notion of price in accordance to the IREP, whether we decide to lower our IREP up and down. Um, it just, the dynamic real registration free does make sense, but I feel like as a collective, we all need to create a solution that, as you said before, ties to USD or something like that. Because when you're talking about a rise uh, in price, you know, it's very difficult to create a, a node to run a node when it's very difficult to afford it to afford it. So we believe that, you know, it should be tied to a dollar figure or a price figure per se. Okay, uh, let's move on to James. 
Uh, this one's a no-brainer. We have to figure out how to make it lot. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's it seems simple. Yeah, there's not really much to add to that. Yeah, I don't know if pegging it to IRIP would be a good idea because maybe it wouldn't go down enough percentage-wise. But uh, yeah, obviously, as the price goes up, we have to find a way to make it more affordable to onboard more people because the goal is to keep building upon, have more and more peer reps as we go in time. So we can't make it too expensive. Uh, perhaps with the bond, with the idea of a bond coming in, maybe that reduces the need for for a, so much of a registration fee because then teams will be committing upfront capital towards the network or at least putting some aside. So that's something to consider as well in the, in the maths of all of this. Okay. Uh, block move? Uh, yeah, I agree um, that the registration fee shouldn't be a huge barrier uh, for entry. Um, so at some point in the future, um, not sure it's right now, probably further on, uh, it makes very good sense to make it dynamic. Um, and I, I think the IRAP might actually work because as, as well, IREP is a variable that is already on chain and PREPs sort of use it to peg their earnings to some dollar value. Um, so th this might actually work, I think. Okay. Thank you. Let's move on to Everstake. Um, it's a good idea. But I'm not sure now how it will be work, working, like some formula or something like that, because now it's hard to predict. Uh, but it it makes it makes sense because if uh, let's imagine that uh, I I think will cost, as you said, Brian, ten dollars. It can be very costly, really. So we agree. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Icon boom. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's got to be an upper limit. There's got to be a place, you know, a point where it can't go any higher because it can't be too expensive. At the same time, there is value. Um, I think there's more value in once the, the price is higher, maybe it should be a little, you know, cost a little bit more to get involved because um, potentially your rewards will be higher. Um, also, I can encourage people to get involved now rather than sort of waiting out till the price is higher and then paying up. So I think maybe a top limit. Um, to make sure it doesn't get too expensive, but having it as it is at the moment with a fluctuating price, I think it's it's kind of fair in some some aspects. Okay, uh, POS bakers. Uh, I think that the goal of this uh, proposal so it's to make the the ecosystem fairer and to uh, keep uh, low barriers to entry uh, for uh, peer reps and uh, competitors, and uh, it's not something we are opposed to, uh, but we just like uh, we're just wondering how we could implement this and what what should be actually the fair price uh, at which we can implement this and also because uh, for second thoughts uh, we can say that it's uh, ICA growing in price but uh, it's also USD uh, decreasing in value um, <laughs> and uh, it's not uh, I mean pegging it to USD is not necessarily fair for some people who might not have access to USD but have access uh, to crypto uh, so we need to be uh, careful on the pricing and probably just adding uh, some complication uh, to to a system that is already uh, simple but uh, yeah we, we agree with the idea that we should make something fairer and keep uh, low barriers to entry so that it also increases competition and we have more peer reps competing and uh, the ecosystem uh, is uh, is better overall. 
next is Rhizome. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's pretty much universal consensus on this. Uh, we are fully in support of this. Um, over time, keeping the registration fee fixed at 2000 ICX will only add a greater barrier of entry to the ICON network uh, as the price continues to rise. If we were to hit something like five or even $10 uh, in token price, you know that would be 10 to 20K uh, just in registration fee. So in some parts of the world, you know, that's a significant amount of money and 10 to 10 to uh, 20 K could be what some people make in a year. So <clears throat> yeah, we think it should be dynamic for sure. And the registration fee should not cost more than I'd say $500. Okay. Let's move on to catalyst. Totally in support of, uh, Ideally, uh, pegging it to something that doesn't change in value. I, once again, would love to hear um, from the foundation, you know, what their intention was, because I feel like they're missing from the conversation. Um, but if it seemed, I guess, when we were at 10 cents that they picked $200, <laughs> if you had to convert it to something, maybe that was coincidental at the time. And maybe they wrote that in that 2000 ICX in, you know, eight months ago. Um, but I'd be interested in knowing because again, they've done a lot of thinking and a lot, you know, a lot of thought about this, and maybe they think 200 is a great number. So that's the only caveat I would add is to see if there's any thinking that would be valuable to the conversation. Yeah. All right. Uh, Parrot nine. Yeah. Um, our main concern is that we don't want to alienate new P reps from joining. There, there may be some people out there with some essential skills to the ICON network. And if it's too expensive, we just end up gatekeeping them. So that's pretty much our thoughts on it. Yeah, okay. So to summarize this topic, uh, everyone is pretty much in support of this. Uh, having it fixed to 2000 ICX does introduce some kind of barrier for people in many parts of the world. The debate is to like how best to uh, to come across this figure, is it each team submits uh, a proposal like IREP, or is it just a fixed figure that um, that we have to vote on? So now I will also make a topic for this on the forum. Uh, we can tag a few people from ICON to see what they say, uh, and hopefully that can lead to a vote on chain for future implementation soon. Okay. Uh, let's move on to number four. Uh, this is kind of a very specific topic. Actually, the topics from now on are very specific and might not have input from everyone, uh, but we will discuss them as they were on the list. So this one is about Iconex mobile wallet fee issue. Um, also submitted by Bitburger. Uh, so Dusty, he runs one of the, the P reps, I think Icon for Business. Uh, runs a dApp and has reported that the mobile wallet doesn't allow for custom fees. As such, all the transactions using their dApp are getting rejected by the system when executed from the mobile wallet. Uh, their dApp is set to non-standard fees ranging from 0.0034 to 0.005. They go through fine on the Chrome wallet, but the mobile is set to 0.002. Uh, he felt like this was worth mentioning because maybe we can uh, 
as a group together, push this towards ICON as it might need a fix from their end. Uh, does anyone have anything to say about this? I feel like uh, this is just an issue that we should submit as a bug. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Everstake. You raised your hand. Uh, I think we just have to push all this to ICON, uh, yeah. like foundation, and they have to uh, make some QR, QA research and understand why it's problem. Like it's just a bug, that's all. We cannot cover this. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, since it's working on the Chrome wallet, presumably it's just an issue with the code on the mobile wallet. Uh, does anyone have anything else to say? Corey? Sure, thank you so much. So the build on to what Everstake um, stated, we, we do support the fixing of the issues to make IconX better. I think it's crucial that we do send it into the foundation, however, to have a, a, a collaborative effort and an understanding about what exactly, what, what the intricate components are on how this is going to be fixed so that Iconis can understand the, the technical components of how the Icon Foundation is going to fix these issues per se. So thank you so much. Okay, uh, I think that's it for for this topic. Uh, we will push this towards Icon, and the hey, next Brian. topic. Oh yeah, sorry to interrupt. I can't raise my hand <laughs> since I'm oh. invisible. Um, okay. Just wanted to mention somebody had uh, they had a big discussion that ensued after uh, somebody after he brought this up, and somebody okay. said this a great opportunity for P reps to start writing code and submit them to the foundation. And that raised a question, do we even have an open source situation where if we see an improvement or a bug fix even, or something we want to add, uh, that it could actually be submitted somewhere and for review and then maybe possibly added to the repository committed and that whole deal. Is that, do we know what that is or do we pretty much need to just look at things like this and go, hey guys, we may have found an issue and just kind of send it off to them. Um, I think maybe Tomas from Blockmove has some thoughts on this, but I know there are some open source parts of Loop Chain, but I don't know if uh, any of the wallet stuff is open source. Do you know anything about that? Um, yes, uh, the Android wallet uh, is open source. Okay. Yeah, so if that is open source, I guess PREPs could technically take a look at the code and uh, see what's up with that. It would depend on the team's time, of course, and if they have interest in pursuing that. But since this particular issue is kind of killing uh, mobile adoption of their DAP, I guess Icon should probably uh, take a look at this as soon as possible. So uh, we, will, we will let them know about this. Okay. The next topic is Icon Foundation Telegram Channel List Editions. Uh, so this was also submitted by Bitburger. Suggestion to add the new Icon China Telegram channel to the master list of Telegram channels on the Icon Foundation website. Uh, I guess this is one more thing that we can just uh, request the foundation to do. Um, I guess their question would be whether a Telegram channel counts as official, right? Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on whether, you know, channels from different parts of the world uh, should be counted as official? And if not, like what would the process of being making them official would be? Because realistically, not everyone speaks English. So uh, let's move, let's go on with Corey first. <laughs> 
Sure. Thank you so much, Brian. So when we have a network <clears throat> and a paradigm that's looking to hyperconnect the world, we can't be exclusionary in regards to the vernacular that's spoken in different areas of the world. If we do that, we can only hyperconnect specific areas of the world, not the ubiquitous entirety of the planet. So I think personally, because you know there are thousands upon thousands of languages out there, specifically in this case, we're talking about you know a chi official Chinese telegram uh, community chat room. I, I see no reason why we shouldn't have a Chinese community chat room. I think in order to be a successful network, we need to be as inclusionary as possible. Yep. Uh, anyone else have anything to add on that? I do. Uh, um, here, yeah. my hand. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Actually, I'm shooting you messages privately on the chat. I don't know if those pop up or not, so I don't have to keep interrupting people like this. Uh, I see them now. I wasn't looking. So let's go with Bitburger first, and then we'll uh, hop over to James. Okay. I just want to say really quickly, as with everything, it's kind of how it gets implemented. I think you raised a good point, Brian. An official Icon channel has some implications there that I'm sure Icon wants to be careful of. And one, we need to be respectful of that, just my opinion. So whatever you know, criteria would come up, I mean, at this point, the Chinese room is run by a P rep who a lot of us know, and of course we trust her and it's all great. So, but defining what is an official channel is more than just you know, opening it up, a random person opening it up. So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Okay, uh, thank you. Let's move on to James. And then we'll go to Edward after that. I just wanted to add about um, just uh, if it's going to be an official channel, there needs to be some kind of level of oversight from Icon. I mean, I imagine they'd like to have some kind of idea of what's happening in the channel because if the channel turns toxic or gets taken over by a bad environment, it's it's not good. It's not a good image for us. So there has to right. be some kind of level of oversight from Icon. Uh, I'd like to think that if the China channel grew big enough. I mean, like realistically, Icon should have somebody that speaks Chinese that engages with the Chinese community. So they should perhaps take on that role just to keep an eye on the channel and say, is this channel functioning well? Is it a good representation of the network? Uh, you know, if it just turns into a big troll fest, then it really shouldn't be labeled as an official channel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Edward. Yeah, I kind of agree with what has been said by Icon Nation and Catalyst. Like, there's. Like it's in a way, it's up to the foundation to decide like which channel uh, should be official or not. Uh, it's going to cost them time and resources to uh, have a channel official. Uh, ourselves, uh, we had created a channel with other European peer apps called uh, Icon Europe. Uh, it's like a group where we discuss with the European community, and everybody is welcome to join. And uh, it's not official, but uh, actually. You know, it's also up to the channel's creator if you know they want uh, extra advertising or if they want uh, official Icon team members to invite them to advertise it or to join it. And uh, ourselves uh, as admin, uh, we have some uh, Icon Foundation employees, and they were happy to join. And uh, and yeah, it's not official, but uh, it's uh, it's like this, and uh, it's uh, I think yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's kind of I feel like it's kind of normal that uh, it's not official uh, given the current size of the Icon Europe community. Yeah, cool. Okay, uh, so I will compile this discussion along with the other stuff that we need to get some input from Icon, uh, and I will tag the necessary people to to discuss that. Uh, so the the next 
topic is user request for an auto restake function. Uh, so we should discuss whether this encourages too much lack of attention from voters uh, as we want to encourage participation and for people to keep up to date with changes in teams. Uh, new teams are popping up all the time. So an auto restake function would essentially take the need uh, to you know, at least log on and claim your tokens. So let's discuss whether an auto restake function is, is a good idea. Uh, let's start with Corey. Sure, uh, here at Uba Capital, we do, <clears throat> excuse me, we do agree with the idea of a, we support a auto restake option, but we, we kind of look at it more as an icon development team to fix. And we don't, necessarily see it as a governance issue. So I feel like this is something that also should be brought to the ICON Foundation. You know, Ubik as a whole believes that this should be a ICON development team um, <clears throat> thing to fix. So yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to James. Death and taxes, gentlemen. It's the only certain thing in the world. Uh, you're creating taxable events and stuff like that. So it's something to take into consideration with like uh, claiming our scores and just automating some things that could be taxable events. So I would just say that part of that is being mindful of, of these kind of things. But uh, that's about all I have to say. Okay. Uh, block move. Mm, yeah, I can't really say to what degree this would uh, like influence attention of voters, um, but Personally, I think that's definitely a feature that I'd like to see there because the whole process of uh, claiming, restaking, revolting is uh, very annoying if you do it manually. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Everstake. Uh, exactly. I don't know how to, what to add. Yeah, I agree because it's nice feature, really. Good feature. Agree. Icon boom. You are muted at the moment. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yep, sorry. Yeah, I, I think it's a bad idea, actually. Um, I think it encourages laziness. Uh, I think people should, you know, they, it's something they, they have to only do every few days. So um, if anything, I think people should have to vote every every few months or every so often uh, and encourage people actually to be active rather than just, you know, click, click, a, click a tick box and, and leave it for a couple of years. I don't think it's a, a good way to go. Uh, let's move on to POS Bakers. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good uh, feature to have as well. Uh, it will make uh, life easier for a lot of uh, iconists. Uh, I think there are a lot of token holders that don't have the time to constantly uh, withdraw their rewards and uh, restake them. Uh, also, uh, I don't know, probably somebody, some day somebody is going to come up with a script and uh, it will not be something official. So probably it's better to have an official uh, option for people to claim their rewards and restake them uh, automatically. Uh, then on the cons, it's true that it kind of facilitates uh, like passive management of the tokens. But uh, I think the people do, that don't claim on a weekly basis, they're the same as the ones that uh, are going to use the auto compounding function. So they'll be passive, uh, whatever happens. Uh, that's my thoughts on this. I, I don't have any data to support it, but 
Cool. It's a it's a it's a good press to have. All right, uh, let's move on to Rhizome. Yeah, I, I agree with what Icon Boom was saying earlier. Um, we are not in support of this. Um, we feel it incentivizes people to just vote once and kind of forget about it because it would just restake for them. Um, and it would also mean that a third party entity, whether that's the wallet app or what have you, uh, would have access to the private key, which I feel is more of a risk than just having someone restake once a week and actually stay up to date with what's going on. Okay, uh, let's move on to Catalyst. Wow, um, hearing you guys speak, my, my opinion changes every five seconds. Um, everybody's got incredible points. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the private key thing. I think this is a feature that anybody intuitively would say should be added because it makes things easier. But I also strongly believe that we need people going into that wallet and being involved. Sorry, boom. I'm so loud Sorry. on my speakers. I just muted. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, uh, I think it's... I think it is. I think I would lean towards it probably not being a great idea, but I get why everybody wants it because it's a total pain in the butt to restake. So I would say I personally think it promotes laziness. So I'm going to probably settle on that for now. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Parrot9. Yeah. Uh, the private key thing is interesting. Um, we don't really support creating a bad user experience in order to solve the problem of engagement. Um, people are pretty lazy and every time they have to claim iScore, it's just creating an annoyance for them. However, in saying that, we need to make the voting process more engaging, you know, with like information about what P-Reps are doing before we implement something like this. Otherwise, as you guys are saying, we'll just never see them again. They'll just stake and claim and yeah, they'll go. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I think this one will definitely require uh, more discussion on this. It's kind of a really big topic that has consequences that kind of goes down to the core of what this network is about. So I think in order to summarize, it's kind of a debate between practicality and convenience versus, uh, you know, the origins of this network and, you know, the idea that people should be keeping up to date with teams. And maybe this turns into something where, you know, on the on-chain component that people would have to restake, but then you have second layer options for people uh, who would rather just leave their tokens somewhere, for example, if they wanted to leave on Coinbase or something, and uh, in order to get their passive income that way. I think both sides have have good discussions. So um, would also be interested in getting the ICON Foundation's comments on that. So I will make a, dis a discussion topic about that as well. Um, now we're down to the list of subtopics. So I guess we can just talk about this for the next nine minutes or so. We don't have that much more time. Uh, the last few topics kind of revolve around um, hardware wallet support. So that's both on the ledger and the Tracer. Uh, so on the Ledger side, it seems like people are experiencing bugs with um, the Iconex wallet and also 
bugs with the mobile app. I also feel like this is something that uh, the Icon Foundation would have to do. You know, there's so many different USB chipsets out there that I don't know if it's like a testing issue with that or whether it's actually some software glitch. Personally, I have never experienced these glitches, so I can't speak to it. Does anyone have any comments about um, hardware issues? Uh, let's go with Corey. Hey, Brian. So um, I actually experienced this uh, hardware bug myself, specifically with the Ledger. Um, a couple of weeks back when we had that uh, issue with the um, Iconics Google Chrome extension wallet, um, every time I tried to plug in my Ledger, it would constantly say failed to connect. And for those who are rather beginners in the cryptocurrency community, specifically Icon, that can be very, very, very um, terrifying to know that you you can't have access to your funds because of a bug. Um, I think that this is also something that's icon that should be um, brought to the icon development team. Yeah. Um, I do believe that hardware wallets are a crucial component of token token uh, ownership and safety. So I think that these bugs should be brought to the icon development team. And also we have to take into account, like for example, when this happened, when it was fixed, it still didn't it still wasn't fixed for me. And I had to actually speak to a representative of the foundation and they had to tell me how to clear my Google cache, if I'm saying mm -hmm. that properly. And many people didn't realize that and people were still having problems, you know, about three to four days later because of that's that simple requirement of clearing your, clearing your cache. So I think that this is a foundation development issue that we should bring to the ICON uh, Foundation's attention. And I think that, um, yeah, that's what, that's what Ubic Capital thinks. Uh, anyone else have anything to say about this? Okay, uh, so I think this one will also, maybe we can formalize it into some kind of bug report. Uh, perhaps another suggestion would be to form kind of a PREP subcommittee that can help ICON with this kind of testing. Uh, because like Corey said, uh, I feel like, you know, the the software that interacts with your funds is extremely important on how people view a project. You know, if this official wallet from Icon is not performing as expected, uh, I don't know. I don't know how this could be solved. I don't know if they could spin it off into a desktop app that would make, you know, stuff like the Chrome cache not even be an issue. Uh, yeah, we'll compile a maybe a list of suggestions and, and a bug report or something for them. Because I do see very often in the chats uh, that people are having issues. I personally not had them, but the fact that people are actually, you know, in the chats talking about this, it, it does seem like something that, that should be fixed. Uh, in terms of, oh, did you have something to say, Corey? Yeah, just one more quick thing. We also, um, need to realize that a lot of uh, beginner cryptocurrency investors really don't understand the intricate components of how to utilize a ledger and how to consistently update it. I remember when I first bought my ledger, it was actually rather terrifying to update uh, my ledger. So we need to also realize that, you know, that it's not only the foundation's issue, it's also trying to figure out how to educate the community on how to use a ledger um, and update the firmware, update the Iconix Chrome extension, uh, not the Chrome extension, I'm sorry, the Iconix um, application on the ledger. So I think that maybe creating a 
I don't know, a simplistic tutorial would be able to help with that as well, because I think people need to understand how to use these wallets proficiently before we start not, I don't want to say pointing fingers, but start, you know, automatically presuming that, you know, icon is automatically at fault, um, not at fault, but automatically has to fix, you know, something that could be fixed with just understanding the intricate components of how to use a ledger. Yeah. I think anything that, uh, helps reduce friction with this would be helpful for, you know, for non-techie people who are trying to get into crypto. Uh, anyone else have comments? All right. The last thing is, uh, Tracer wallet support completion. Tracer support was started via their GitHub approved and has been left incomplete for several months. Uh, what is needed to complete this task? Does anyone have thoughts about this? Uh, I'm not too familiar with wallet. Okay, uh, let's go with James. So uh, Splain from our team was the one that contacted uh, Trezor and got the ball rolling there. Uh, it got approval for us to carry on with it. And then uh, after that, we hadn't done anything with it. About perhaps two or three weeks ago, I saw Splain and Dimitri talking that they're both working on it now. So they have started and they've forked from the Ethereum code, they're tidying it up, working on icon code as well. I don't know if anybody else has uh, thought to take it upon themselves as well. I'd love to hear if anybody else is working on it so we could team up together and uh, you know put our heads together and get it done. Um, cool. Uh, my suggestion to my team was that uh, I'd bring it up today and let everybody know where we're at, see if anybody else had started or had an interest to have a bit of input on it, and then uh, perhaps for our next meeting we could come with a bit of a time frame for an expected completion or just some sort of relative idea of where we're at with that. Cool. Uh, so Bitburger just messaged me. He said he has some comments. So go ahead. Hey, yeah, I just, um, I think it'd be good to have some guidance on what types of things the P-Reps can code. We've got a lot of coders and developers, I think, in the P-Rep teams that can contribute. And obviously this would be an outstanding contribution. I'm not clear as a non-technical individual where the line is drawn on things that we can uh, contribute to, help with, fix bugs, create enhancements, add stuff, and where we probably shouldn't. So maybe some guidance on that that we could maybe request from the foundation. It may be obvious to you guys. Maybe it's simply like, obviously, if it's an IconX thing, that's the foundation's job. If it's Trezor, this is separate. So we just, we've got freedom there. Um, but I, I am excited. I get excited about the idea it, it, in the crypto world of, of people being able, especially when you decentralize development, to be able to contribute and just continue that growth like crazy because a lot of the stuff, I mean, gets sent to the foundation sometimes and then just doesn't get handled. And, you know, they're obviously working on a ton of stuff. So we are here to help offload a lot of that uh, work in a lot of different ways. But when it comes to code, you know, where, where can we help and where is it not appropriate? Right. I think maybe Tomas can, shed some insight on this but i think where the line is drawn from someone who's not really a dev is like if the sources i mean if the code is open source you know it's it, it's open for uh work does that make sense uh yeah but you know uh you have to get familiar with the code uh right right might take a lot of time um yeah. On the topic of uh, Trezor integration, I saw um, opened 
issue by uh, Spleen. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly uh, from Iconation. Uh, around a year ago on uh, GitHub of Tracer. Um, asking about integration of ICX. And the uh, last update there um, is answer to my question from uh, October. Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed they claim they only um, integrate um, coins in top 30 by market cap. Uh, so I asked whether it still applies and they confirmed. So at this point, I'm not sure even if um, Iconation or someone else um, actually completes the code, they are willing to integrate it. Interesting. James, so uh, maybe you you want to let Spleen know about that. I mean, in the future, we'll be top 30, of course. <laughs> but for now, you know, uh, they might be better off spending the resources on something else. You know, that's... that's um, yeah. Sorry, I just turned my mic back on. That's exactly why nothing had been done, like, because right. our consensus happened and it was, we weren't even earning 30 at the time. So we sort of thought to prioritize towards our SDKs and everything else that we're working on with the yeah. price oracles that we were building and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I had... But we're I heading back to the 30 now, boys, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that is it for the topics for this meeting today. I think we made pretty good time, uh, one minute over time. So what I will do is I will go through this and I will make the necessary topics on the forum for discussion. And uh, we should all try to go in there and discuss this. And uh, I will put all of those links in the meeting notes and upload this video to YouTube for everyone to watch. So does anyone else have any uh, last minute comments? Corey? I just want to say that I, I really think it's absolutely fantastic that all of us as P reps are working collectively and collaboratively for the benefit of the icon ecosystem. When you have um, not even social, but corporate isolationism, you can't really go far. So when we see these different meetings that have a, that, that occurred um, on Friday and then are occurring today and the meetings to be, it's a beautiful thing to say because as we hyperconnect the world, we need to become more connected in communication. So this was really this was really great, and everybody at Uba Capital really appreciates this, and we're looking forward to discuss more about the intricate components about Icon and the Icon ecosystem in the future. So thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Uh, so let's go, James, and then Edward. First up, just thanks everybody for attending. Uh, it's been really great to talk to you all. Uh, I just wanted to add a, a very quick update on the Reddit situation. Uh, all the old mod team, except for myself, are now gone. Uh, I've been building a new mod team now, so there's now three of us. Um, one of my focuses has been trying to upgrade it and uh, have better access to information for all the different P reps. And I've, I've been practically manually sharing information myself lately, which is very inefficient. But uh, to Infinity and I are sort of working a little bit together, and I'm going to try to draw from the Icon community website to get everybody's information sort of more organized on there so that you can all sort of get your voices out there and especially the sort of the mid-rank and lower teams that need to get more attention and definitely need more votes. Uh, we need to get more visibility for you guys and like my word of mouth, I'm trying my best to get your names out there, but uh, man, yeah, 
there's better ways to do it. And I just want you to know I'm working on it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for the update. Uh, let's go on to Edward. Yeah, uh, Sam, I just wanted uh, to say uh, thanks to uh, you guys, uh, thanks to the team of uh, Rhizome and uh, Catalyst uh, for putting this uh, meeting through. And thanks for everybody for taking part in it. And uh, thank you to the iconists uh, who watched the YouTube video and made it through the end. <laughs> Does anyone else have any comments? All right. So that is it for the first meeting. Thank you for everyone for attending. And we will have the next one next weekend. All right. Have a good one.